Welcome back to another episode of the Underdog Podcast, where adverse moments become building blocks for the future. And knowledge nuggets aren't something you eat, but something you learn. As always, you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. So be sure to subscribe and leave a comment. And with that said, let's get after it. We want to do something special for episode 50. First, a big thank you to everyone who has supported the UDP through this first year. We can't thank you enough for listening, following, and learning with us on this journey. Today, we are highlighting key knowledge nuggets from some of our favorite conversations in the first 49 episodes. And to help with that, we have the entire UDP team here to help us. Our Director of Marketing, Tiffany Feely. Producer, Patrick Riley. Our Manager of Guest Relations, Zach Odom. Our social media influencer, Keegan Riley. And of course, Black and Decker, Kyle Decker, and myself, Calvin Blackman. And first up, you've seen him on shows like Grey's Anatomy, The Originals, and NCIS New Orleans. Actor and my longtime friend, Charles Michael Davis. Um, you know, it's just many things. Uh, one is just a love for the, the craft. Like, I wouldn't want to cheat it. You know, I heard somebody else say, once you start cheating your work, you know, you might as well just give it over to somebody else, you know, who will respect it. Um, and also seeing the the road lined with the... Um, carnage. Sort of, yeah. The <laughs> Lots ca- of carnage, right? The carnage of, of past yeah. um, actors who have gone that route. Um, and and I'm a big fan of Denzel and I watch all his interviews and, you know, I, I, he says he's an actor. He's not a celebrity and that's not what he does. So for me, my job is I'm, I'm an actor. I'm not necess- I'm not a celebrity. Um, but when people do appreciate what I do, I remember somebody else said, you just handle it with dignity. You allow yourself to walk away from that interaction with dignity and allow the other person to keep their dignity as well. Host of The Biggest Loser and social media influencer, she's lost over 250 pounds and defeated cancer. It's Erica Lugo. I am such a go, go, go person. I'm so active and I'm like, holy shit, universe. Like, what are you, what are you trying to teach me now? Like, I've, lo- I've lost all this weight. I got healthy. I turned my life around and now I'm, I'm battling cancer. And even just years prior, I got diagnosed with two autoimmune disorders that completely rock your world. If you have an autoimmune disorder, you don't, you don't know how tired someone can be unless they're diagnosed with something like that. So I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is my life. And, you know, I, I just learned that, you know, my tattoo on my shoulder says you were given this life because you're strong enough to live it. Um, and I feel like God puts people on this earth for certain reasons. Um, my story is definitely not going to end now. Like I know it's not going to end now, but I feel like with my platform and what I have that I was given this struggle for a reason as, as shitty as it is, you know, I've, I hate to sound morbid, but if my life did end in years because of cancer, I know that I was online sharing that I'm still living my life. She's been a leader her entire life and most recently was named 2020 Big East Coach of the Year. It's Marquette University women's basketball coach and my longtime friend, Megan Duffy. Yeah, I think, you know, successful teams and organizations and and programs, it's, it's such a combination of so many things that lead to successes or failures, I guess you could say too. And, And I just think, you know, now as a head coach and leader of a program, um, you look at it from that side and then all the way back to when I was a player, I just think you have to continue to take the temperature of 
you know, staying in um, the moment individually, how can I improve, you know, how can I buy into the message and the vision of what's going on around us? And, and you gotta have that, that great balance with, you know, having this collective group that's gonna work together, but then also really push your individuals within your company or your group or your, your team, right? And how can they still flourish and not get held back? Or, you know, so it's the, it's the individual, obviously side of it and then grouping it together so everybody's working towards the same goal and you know I, I think some of the ingredients that you know I've learned over the years is just how much time it takes to build those relationships and how much trial and error of you know seeing what works and seeing what doesn't and and, and like I mentioned before when you when you do run into the wall what, what's going to be your response. Next up what's your calling? It's University of Cincinnati head baseball coach Scott Googans. Totally. Uh, I, I you always use this story uh, about the three bricklayers. You know, uh, the guy goes up to bricklayer, say, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm laying bricks. He goes up to the next guy, what are you doing? He's like, I'm building a wall. And then he goes up to the third guy, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm building a cathedral. And, you know, to me, the first guy, he's just doing a job. You know, the second guy, it's kind of his, you know, his, his career. And the third guy, it's his calling. He, he's like Mike was talking about with, you know, working at NASA, everybody has a, a purpose. And for me, when I, when I first started out at, at Indiana, I didn't know what I was going to do. I figured I'd just coach for a couple years and try to figure it out, kind of bridge that, that gap of, you know, to growing up. And uh, so it was just a job. And then, uh, you know, after a couple of years, I'm like, man, I could, I could make a career out of this. And uh, so, you know, you, you still keep working. And then, you know, now I feel it's my calling and it's not to win baseball games. It's development. Our first guest who also has a unique tie to Roberto Clemente is one of my best friends, proud to introduce 10 year MLB veteran, Neil Walker. You know, to hear my dad tell it is much more uh, regal, I guess you could say, than, than me telling it. But, uh, you know, to this day, I owe pretty much everything in my brothers, my two brothers and my older sister. We owe everything to we wouldn't be here if it weren't for them and uh, or weren't for the Clemente. So every every year uh, during the baseball season in September, they have Roberto Clemente Day. And I remember as a Pittsburgh Pirate for, for uh, quite some time. We were kind of at the forefront. We would always go to a local school and give out supplies, and that was kind of part of Clemente Day. But uh, Vera Clemente, Roberto's late wife, always would come into town with uh, the two, with with her kids, and like it was always strange. It's, it was always strange just to see just to see them because I would I would always go up and I would say Vera, you know, thank you, and uh, you know, and she uh, has had a lot of people say thank you to her in her life, but uh, just the kind of the whole thing that surrounded me being with the Pirates, me playing uh, on the field, me getting to look at the 21 foot wall in right field that the Clemente wall, like all those things kind of uh, hit home. Super Bowl champion with the Indianapolis Colts and now entrepreneur slash business owner. It's Gary Brackett. It's, it's funny, like when you see reports on the media and other people shut up and dribble, shut up and tackle. You, you know, you're just an athlete. But the thing is, you're not. You're not just an athlete. You're you're the top 1.0.08% of anyone who ever did that in the world, which make you an elite high performer. So I looked at myself not as a middle linebacker. I looked at myself as a chief defensive operator, and my ability or my job was to communicate the game plan effectively. Um, measure KPIs, you know, third time efficiencies, missed tackles, mental mistakes. Um, and then it was to train 
you know, um, people that was under my wing. So I think when you look at it from that standpoint, being a captain or a leader on a professional team is similar to being a CEO in business, communicating the game plan, measuring KPIs, and make sure that you're staffing up and you're training and leading people. He's the executive producer of The Judge Mathis Show and the most tenured employee at Warner Brothers Studios. I'm proud to call him my uncle. It's Gus Blackman. First of all, you know, I was thrown into it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not something that I, you know, planned and went to school and knew that that would be the end result of my education. I was dropped into it and I was able to bring the upbringing that I had from Dayton, Ohio, with my parents and also a lunch bell mentality. I was on time every day. I never missed a day's work. In fact, the, my boss and his secretary, when they left at night, they would see me still in my office, the Cubby Hill office, still there. And then when they would come in in the morning, they would see me there. They said, did you go home last night? I said, yeah. Because they they're not used to people being that committed to the job. And that's why the other guy that was there before, they let him go because he was a schlep off. So I would say that for the first year and a half, I never missed a day and I was never late. He overcame stuttering as a child and as a two-time World Series champion and a New York Yankees great. It's Johnny Damon. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I grew up with a horrible stuttering problem and the only way I could overcome it was to sing and that's why i love karaoke why i love singing out you know the words were written down for me i remember the words and for a stutterer you have a million things going on in your mind at one time and when you can slow things down bo jackson was the same way and i've been on the association for stuttering and um, helped out gave my insight to how i overcame it and you know, I became a spokesperson for the Wounded Warrior Project. I became a spokesperson for the Stuttering Association. You know, so I'm, I'm using my platform and uh, teaching everyone that it's not, it's not always perfect, but you have to rise up and try to overcome any adversity. And there's going to be adversity forever. It's, it's just part of life. And if you can uh, stand up and try to overcome, um, you can accomplish so much. They said he was too small to make it to the bigs, but that did not stop him from becoming a 2011 World Series champion with the St. Louis Cardinals. It's Jason Mutt. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I didn't make my, fri my, uh, my freshman high school baseball team. Uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was cut from my freshman baseball team. I was said, you know, I wasn't, wasn't big enough, wasn't good enough. Uh, you know, went out there and was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm gonna work hard, I'm gonna do whatever. Uh, the next year, my dad actually ended up getting a job in New York, moved up there, I made varsity that next year in New York, uh, played all three years, and similar thing when I was looking at different colleges. Uh, you know, people were like, hey, you're not really what we're looking for, this, that, and the other, and uh, the college I ended up going to uh, was the one that my high school coach went to, and it was kind of just like, hey man, we'll, we'll, we'll give this guy a chance to come out here and, and, and play, because uh, like I said, everyone else was just kind of like, ah, he's not really what we're looking for, and. You know, so I was kind of told no my whole life. Uh, and then even even after getting drafted, you know, going out there and, you know, hitting a buck 80, you know that's not good. But, uh, you know, being told, hey, you're, you're not doing this anymore. You got to go figure this out. And it's like, okay, you know, so I've, uh, you know, like I said, um, I, just, I just try to go out there and give it everything I have every single time. Four-time cancer survivor and current University of Minnesota football placeholder, it's Casey O'Brien. 
when you get diagnosed with osteosarcoma, which is the, the type of bone cancer that I was diagnosed with, um, if I would have been diagnosed two years earlier, it would have been an amputation from my uh, left down. And so when I, uh, when I was first diagnosed, my first question was, when can I get back to playing sports? And they looked at me and said, right now, we're just trying to save your leg. So I knew how serious it was at that point. Um, and I knew that I had a long road ahead of me. Um, and right then and there, I said that uh, my football career, my hockey career, and my lacrosse career were all most likely over because I was going to have a, a re knee replacement put in and I most likely wouldn't be able to, to walk normally or even jog on it ever again. So um, hearing that, I knew that uh, I was going to be an underdog. So um, it's kind of a... a uh, something that I've owned and I like a personality trait that I've grown to love. He's a two-time plane crash survivor and former University of Michigan basketball player and now motivational speaker, Austin Hatch. You know, it's not, nothing's given, everything's earned. And that's kind of how I approach the road to recovery. So after the, my, the accident, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk. Okay, you know what, even if I never get back to playing basketball again, even if I never accomplished my goal of getting to Michigan or whatever it may be, it's not going to be because I didn't work hard enough. It's not going to be because of something. It's not going to be because I didn't do something that I control. You know, I think the two things we always have control over are our attitude and our work ethic, right? And if, if, if we control those things, if we work hard enough or long enough, if we make the decision to, to be resilient, make the decision to bounce back from up from when, when unexpected adversity comes our way, you, you learn that you're not there. It's not that you're, that it's not that you're never going to be good enough. It's just, it's just that you're not there yet. And so it's, you know, when I, when I came out of coma, I said, okay, you know, obviously got a long way to go. And I tried to do something every day, you know, just to get a little bit better. Well, I was taking one extra lap around the hospital floor to get discharged from the hospital so I could go home and get to work there sooner, right? Or it's, it's just doing a little bit, a little bit extra. From Horrible Boss to the blueprint of success, this one is so good with University of Cincinnati men's head basketball coach, John Brannon. You have a blueprint on how to run a program, right? And then you got to put your charisma, your communication skills, your work ethic into it. So I already knew how to run, how I wanted the program to look like because of those guys. So, you know, the other reason, a big part of why we had success. Then you go out and you try to figure out how to hire the best staff possible. And it's interesting you mentioned being on your phone and looking at your notes. I never forget first year managing a, a staff. They all had their phones out and they were never in their office. And, and I was like, guys, you got to stop bringing your phones in to meetings. You're not paying attention. It's like, no, coach, we got our notes on our phone. I'm like, well, you guys got to start being in your office more. Yeah, coach, we don't use landlines. We use our phones. We can go wherever we want. So I had to learn how to remanage. Like, <laughs> it's like, well, I'm, I'm doing it. So I was a horrible boss. I mean, a horrible the first year. My point being is I, I learned and adapted and, and got better each and every year. And like anything else, we signed really good players. We had a great facility. We were in an area with great coaches, high school coaches. And I felt like we had a blueprint for how we wanted to play and what would be successful. And, um, we won three straight titles. You want to talk about knowledge nuggets? My longtime friend and former college teammate, Kent State University football coach, Joe Caniglo. You know, the one thing that we got to make sure of is if I'm going to invest in myself, I'm going to do everything I can um, to really create that standard. And then on top of it, I always talk about this. It's called extreme ownership. So extreme ownership is never placing blame on someone else. It's always placing the blame on yourself because when you blame others you are essentially um, giving them power and why are we going to give other people power when if we had anything we could if, if there was anything that we could do to change an outcome of a situation 
then I'm going to find a way to be better in that situation so that I may have had a, more of an impact on that situation. So extreme ownership, be the standard, invest in yourself and continue um, making sure that the people that you work for know you're working for them. Up and coming, soon to be WWE wrestling superstar and my good friend from right across the river in Northern Kentucky, Flying, Brian Pillman Jr. Well, yeah, I mean, for so many years, I, I strived to be that normal kid, right? I, I, I didn't want to continue to be isolated and yelled at and, and poked and made fun of and things like that. I just wanted to fit in with everybody else. And I tried so, so hard to be that guy. I, tried, I went to college, you know, I got the degree. I got the desk job, you know, working at the technology company uh, in Norwood, where my dad actually grew up. So I don't know, everything seemed to be falling in place for me. But, uh, you know, when I got out of college, but there was always that itch, you know, there was always that itch to do something more. There was always that itch to be greater than I was. And little did I know that some of my worst habits and, and some of my what I considered biggest flaws were going to be exactly what I needed to uh, to become the performer I needed to be, right? A lot of my worst habits ended up being great quirks to have, you know, in an entertainment spotlight where, you know, when you put the magnifying glass on and really look at it, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, people are going to pay attention to this. Trust the climb. Enough said. A leader of young men. It's West Virginia Mountaineers head football coach, Neil Brown. What we're going through in this country right now, first of all, what happened to George Floyd and, and many others is is awful. I mean, I, there's no better. I, I can't say anything. Like, And when I saw it, um, we immediately discussed it as a team. And what I, I put in that tweet is is what I believe. And I was real, I, I, I never used my social media um, outside of just promoting um, our program, really. But as is, is, is I sit there and thought, um, I just really felt like it was it was the right thing to do to share publicly what we were talking about internally. And, and my message was what I told our guys, man, my heart hurts, I'm sick, I can't relate, I don't understand the hatred, um, I don't understand how many of our players feel in certain circumstances, I don't understand that, but I do care and, and I wanna help and we all must do better. Hate can't win, that's what I said to them and, and, and I really meant that. From our alma mater in place that helped mold Calvin and myself to men we are today, it's Miami University head football coach Chuck Martin. I said, we can do it the right way here. We can get great high school. We can, And we can do it with love and honor. We can do it with great student athletes. We don't have to do it. You know, and other schools do it different ways, and that's how that's great for them. But we could see it coming. We knew our talent was getting better. We knew we were starting to have kids do things the right way. And then, obviously, since since that moment in time, we've been really, really, really good. And now, like I told President Hodge, we can build this thing to last. Like, this, we're in a really good place right now. It doesn't mean we're going to win the league every year, but we're going to be really competitive at the top end of this league hopefully for the next decades on end. There's no reason we shouldn't be. We have such a good thing going and such a core group of kids, and we're recruiting kids that are going to have success at Miami, and that, that's important. If you if you just recruit kids that don't fit in your university, you might have a brief success, but but it won't last. It won't be sustainable. So we, we really look at the business model and what's made us successful everywhere we've been, and we kind of stuck with it. And when a lot of people didn't believe, we kind of buried our head in the sand and kept doing what we believed in. And obviously, uh, persistence pays off in a lot of things in life. He's Black America's favorite white comedian. You've seen him in movies like Ride Along and Think Like a Man. Originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, it's Gary Owen. 
Well, that was my joke, but um, really I, what happened was the real story behind that DUI I gave was we had a nightclub on the base. I was stationed at NAB Coronado, and there was a nightclub on the base called Gator Gardens. And Gator Gardens get a little wild because when ships pull in and, and it's a weekend and you're under 21, only place you can go is Tijuana or the base nightclubs. So a lot of guys would go to the base nightclubs. And there'd be, we, there's quite a few bar fights and scuffles, not huge throwdowns, but a couple guys scuffling. Well, you know, we'd always have cars on patrol around 2 a.m. when the club was letting out. Well, this one car pulled up on the sidewalk and then came back down. And so I woo, put on my lights and I was, listen, I was still gonna let him go. I was <laughs> like, dude, be cool. I was gonna have him park his car. What I used to do with people was have them park their cars. I'd take the car keys and say, look, I get off at 6 a.m. Make sure you're at the police station at six. And nobody ever missed being there at six o'clock. And so I was gonna let this guy go. Well, since I pull him over, it's just like, you know, I tell him to roll down his window. He just starts yelling, I'm a black man without a record. I'm a black man without a record. And I'm going, I want you to keep that title. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept making such a scene. I had Finally, I pulled him out of the car. Not physically pulled him. But I said, can you step out of the car? He stepped out of the car. I took him around to the back to the trunk. And I'm sitting there really trying to talk to him. Like, dude, if you just chill, I'm not going to write you up or give you a DUI. And he just kept yelling and getting louder. And finally, I had to put him in handcuffs and arrest him and gave him a DUI. And that's when I had to do all this goddamn paperwork because <laughs> he wouldn't shut up. And he kept trying to say, I pulled him over because he was black. And I go, dude, your windows were tinted. <laughs> I didn't know what color you were. Now, it was a Cadillac, white walls with tinted windows. I had an idea, <laughs> but I didn't know. From the ESPN E60 episode, Identity, this guest discovers his lifelong mentor is his biological dad after 28 years. Such an inspiring story. Currently the running backs coach for the Kansas City Chiefs and 2020 Super Bowl champion, Dylan McCullough. I'm a uh, personable person. I'm somebody who, who gets to know his guys. I'm somebody who respects his players, et cetera. Um, and so I haven't changed my style whatsoever. And the guys really embrace that. They love that, man. These, these guys, man, all these guys, millionaires, they, man, these guys love, they love that. They love having somebody who, you know, have those conversations with them, you know, have those sidebar conversations with them. We may talk, start meetings. We just talking about life. I'll tell them something to happen with my sons or whatever. So I'm always, you know, you know, you want to keep their attention, you know, and yeah, if I did none of that, these guys, they paid to, to give their attention. I get that. But they like that added, that, that added part of the relationship. Hey man, our coach is cool with us. Yeah, he's demanding. We know this is a, you know, this is a multi-billion dollar business. We know that. But at the end of the day, shoot, man, we're going to even give a, a little bit extra than we normally would, although we're giving everything we got because of how our coach treats us. The guy's respectful to us, man. He got our best interest in mind. So we're going to do everything we can, not only for ourselves to shine and our team to shine, but for our coach to shine. After overcoming an injury early in his career, he has since then become one of the top offensive linemen in the NFL from Cincinnati, Ohio, and currently the starting center for the Indianapolis Colts, my boy, Ryan Kelly. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I've learned um, in college that's carried me over now is, you know, when you're playing at LSU at nighttime and it's November and there's 110 drunk screaming fans of you, you know, 
the communication might have to be hand signals or, you know, and you have to, you have to make adjustments on the run. And so, you know, people always said, you know, like, how do you, how do you deal with the stress and all that? Like, look, that was without even knowing it, how many times I repped things in college made it like it was second nature to me. Like, it, and Nick Saban said this, and I'll never forget it. He said, don't do something until you get it right. Do it until you can't get it wrong. Currently the University of Cincinnati defensive coordinator, former Ohio State standout linebacker, this coach is destined for greatness. It's Marcus Freeman. And that's what I, it's the hard part about our profession is you see, man, that there's no stability at times. And, and the example is set, go get more, go get more. And this is my opinion. You know, this is just my opinion that sometimes we need to show that we can build a program, build a defense, build a position group. You know, instead of saying jump at the first opportunity, it's more money. But, you know, are you building? And we're about we're supposed to be in the profession of building young men. Well, it's hard to build when you're just renting it year after year after year after year. So um, I remember when I first got in a profession, you know, Jim Trestle told me, he said, hey, the best advice I can give you is work where your butt is. And that holds true, man. You know, you're going to get opportunities. Don't go seek them. You know, work as hard as you can where your butt is and figure the rest, uh, figure the rest out when they come. He needs no introduction. Without a doubt, he's one of the top five college football coaches of all time. My man, E plus R equals O. It's Urban Meyer. Yeah, the second part of it is the, what you just said, above the line, below the line. And above the line, decisions are very hard you know they're very uh we're, we're broken people you know i am we're very strong of our faith myself my family and we believe in the bible we believe that we are broken people we're sinners we make mistakes and as uh, as a human we're very impulsive and impulsive behavior is below the line so for example you're hit with a situation above the line response is you know get your mind right step uh, uh Press pause, get your mind right, and step up. Below the line is screw it, just do it. Just uh, the impulsive decision. Think about how many decisions are made in life that you've made, that I've made, that have been impulsive. And they usually turn out awful. Yep. Uh, think about all the people that you've coached or maybe employees that you teach that, you know, how many, how many great athletes have I coached that made impulsive decisions and maybe ruined their life. Whether he's hanging from the ceiling after a big win or leading his team at a high level, it's the University of Cincinnati head football coach, Luke Fickle. Jim Trestle is probably the one guy that um, has helped shape me in, in this profession. Obviously, at a, I was coaching for him at a younger age, um, but shaped me in this profession more than anybody. Just the balance you need to have, the, the consistency you need to have, and not just with your players, but with everything in general in your life. And um, It's still a guy that... Uh, that probably I talk to, whether it's Mark D'Antonio or Jim Trestle, the two guys that I bounce ideas off of or, or reach out to more than more than anybody. Thanks for listening to The Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free T-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.